Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. It's September 5th, 1717, port of Nassau on the island of New Providence. Woods Rogers, a former privateer and newly appointed royal governor of the Bahamas, stands on a barrel. He holds a letter from George I, King of Great Britain and Ireland. Hundreds of pirates are gathered before him, listening intently. They know his visit to the pirate haven isn't a social call. But contrary to all expectations, the new governor is there to propose a pact. George I is offering the pirates his royal pardon. The only condition is that they stop their illegal activities. If they accept, they can remain free. But if they refuse, they will be hunted down and killed without warning. The pirates have one year to get back in line. In the crowd, Edward England, a pirate popular with the community, makes an unexpected decision. Despite having been a sailor in the merchant navy who almost unwillingly became a pirate, he chooses to refuse the king's pardon and instead decides to embrace a new life. After several weeks of preparation, he manages to put together a crew. He also finds a ship, a small sloop armed with several cannons. The new captain sets sail in early 1718, heading east towards his pirate destiny. To celebrate the release of the new Skull and Bones video game, discover the stories of some of the most infamous pirates of the Indian Ocean. The cruel, bloodthirsty privateers, buccaneers, and sailors-turned-criminals terrorized and pillaged the seas. Pirates were not born. They were made. I'm Michelle Rodriguez, and you're listening to Gangsters of the Seas. Edward England was born in Ireland around 1685. Born into neither the gentry or the middle classes, he was just an ordinary man. When the war of the Spanish succession broke out, he was only 15 years old. And like many young men, he became a privateer to fight the French ships on the Atlantic Ocean. The war lasted 13 years. Once peace was restored... Edward England was one of the thousands of privateers and buccaneers who found themselves without a job. Because without a war to fight, or a letter of mark from the Admiralty, attacking a ship was considered an act of piracy. Many of these English, French, and Dutch men chose to continue, preferring to become pirates rather than unemployed. It was the start of the golden age of piracy in the Caribbean. Edward England kept on the straight and narrow, he didn't want to become a pirate, and instead boarded a merchant ship as a simple sailor. Based in Jamaica, 
The ship he worked on was now a target for the hundreds of outlaws operating in the region. While sailing between islands, his ship was attacked by Captain Winter. Some of the crew, including England, were forced to join the pirates. And without really knowing how, he found himself on the island of New Providence, the largest pirate haven in the Caribbean. Known as the Republic of Pirates, it was a base where pirates could have their ships repaired and stock up on provisions and ammunition between expeditions. Renowned pirates were established there, including Captain Hornigold, the leader of the pirate community, Black Sam, and the French pirate Olivier Lavasseur, nicknamed the Buzzard. These legendary pirates formed themselves into the flying gang. Edward England soon made himself noticed. Brave and reckless, he was popular with the other pirates. Unlike the majority of the cruel and bloodthirsty men on this island, he stood out for being good-hearted and lenient with his victims. For England, killing or torturing without a valid reason was out of the question. This character trait astonished his peers. But as England didn't say anything about their practices, they left him alone. In 1716, he became a real pirate, joining the crew of Henry Jennings, a privateer-turned-pirate with experience operating in the Caribbean. With Jennings, England took part in an expedition off the coast of Florida. They went looking for a vast treasure lost by the Spaniards a few months earlier. During this expedition, the pirates raided coastal villages, looking for gold coins. They were terribly cruel to the villagers, killing men, raping women, and burning their villages. Again, Edward England stood out from his peers, refusing to resort to such violence, which he considered unnecessary. During their quest, the pirates managed to get their hands on 87,000 pounds in gold and silver coins, equivalent to nearly $18 million today. But Captain Jennings' Florida expedition made waves. The Kingdom of Spain complained to the English, and the king was forced to take action. That was when Woods Rogers, the new governor of the Bahamas, offered the pirates of New Providence the king's pardon. Captain Jennings accepted and retired wealthy to an island plantation, as did Benjamin Hornigold. But Edward England refused to take this way out and embraced his new life as a pirate. If he wanted to avoid being caught by the English ships hunting down pirates, he had to leave the Caribbean. So, with the new crew of his small ship, he headed east to the African coast. He went to the mouth of the Gambia River to hunt for merchant ships involved in the triangular trade. His first prey soon appeared on the horizon, the Cadogan, an English vessel captained by a man named Skinner. Several of England's men recognized Skinner when they climbed aboard the other ship and captured its crew. A dozen of them served under him during the War of the Spanish Succession, and it's safe to say that he wasn't a very popular captain. After working without pay and difficult conditions under him, the pirates were thrilled to cross paths with their former captain. One of the pirates said, Ah, Captain Skinner, it's you. I'm much in your debt, and now I shall pay you in your own coin. The pirates tied the captain to the ship's deck and started throwing empty bottles at him. But when some decided to take the torture a step further, Edward England intervened. He refused to allow his prisoners to be tortured. 
Instead, the pirate captain stepped forward with his gun, shot Skinner in the head, and then let the ship and the rest of the crew go. 1719 was the most prolific year of the pirate captain's career. He captured more than a dozen ships, each time without much effort and without losing many men. The ship's holds were stripped bare, and then they were sunk, burned, or became part of Edward's small fleet. He also chose a new ship from his prizes, the Pearl, a 34-cannon frigate, which he renamed the Royal James. After several months of action, the pirates' fleets were looking worse for wear. They had to stop for repairs. So Edward England made port in a small town in the Gulf of Guinea. Over the several weeks it took to repair the vessels, the pirates made themselves comfortable. Looking for a good time, they grew increasingly belligerent, and the tension went up a notch when they started raping the village's women. Male villagers weren't happy and became aggressive too. The situation escalated and mass fighting broke out on land. Although some pirates were killed, the villagers were massacred. Before setting sail, the pirates made sure to burn down almost the entire village. After their departure, Captain England got his crew to vote on their next destination. They had to stay away from the Caribbean and had already stripped the ships of the African coast bear. So naturally, they decided to head further east into the Indian Ocean. They'd heard talk of the pirate exploits of Thomas II and Henry Every and wanted to help themselves to the treasures circulating on the eastern seas. The Royal James and the pirate fleet rounded the Cape of Good Hope and entered the Mozambique Channel in early 1720. They planned to travel north to Madagascar. When he arrived in the Comoros, to the northwest of Madagascar, Edward England had an improbable encounter. He discovered the remains of Olivier Levasseur's ship, shattered on the rocks. The French pirate and part of his crew were on the beach. The captain was aware of the buzzard's reputation. An experienced pirate, Olivier Levasseur was a perfect ally. He came aboard and set sail with the English squadron to the Malabar coast of India, where they captured several ships. They targeted merchant ships owned by the Mughal Empire and the Maratha Confederacy, but also attacked European ships, even the most heavily armed ones. When they spotted a Dutch warship off the Indian coast, the pirates didn't hesitate for a moment. The Dutch crew could do nothing in the face of these men on a rampage. As their 34-cannon ship was much larger and more powerful than his ship, Edward England naturally decided to have it for himself. He named it Fancy, in honor of legendary Captain Henry Every. In the late summer of 1720, the pirates spotted a promising convoy not far from the Comoros. Through their spyglass, they could see two English ships and a ship owned by the East India Company. The vessels were equipped for fighting, but their holds were potentially filled with treasure. With the three ships in his pirate fleet, Edward England set sail for new targets. But when they saw the black flag, two of the ships sailed off, managing to escape. The Cassandra, the East India Company ship, was now facing the pirates alone. Its captain, James McRae, was in the area to hunt down pirate ships. 
and he wasn't going to go down without a fight. He had seen the pirate ships heading for him, so the first shots fired came from both sides. But England had the advantage. His fleet had over 60 cannons, and he was looking to make his gunpowder do the talking. A rain of cannonballs fell on the Cassandra. On board, Captain McRae went all in. He performed a series of maneuvers to avoid the deluge of fire. He even managed to respond. Several of his cannons hit the fancy, leaving the ship's hull in a pitiful state. Nevertheless, the pirates launched a boarding party. The Cassandra's crew witnessed their ship overrun by a wave of savages. Despite being prepared, they couldn't believe their eyes. No fighter was spared. Anyone who didn't surrender had their throats cut or were thrown overboard. Scores of men lost their lives, but the pirate crew was also severely weakened as the English sailors managed to aim true. Bullets and swords flew. Gradually, the bodies of pirates and East Indian men became a stockpile on the Cassandra's deck. After over five hours of unusually violent fighting, the pirates managed to gain the upper hand. Seeing the number of bodies, Captain McRae and some of his men realized that the battle was lost. But that didn't mean that they would surrender. In desperation, they climbed aboard makeshift rafts or dove into the water and swam away. They reached a beach on Anjuan and hid in the jungle. McRae and his men holed up in the dense forest for several days, but they were wounded, hungry, and thirsty. When they couldn't continue a day longer, the East India Company captain decided to surrender to Edward England. They returned to the Cassandra aboard a small boat, presenting themselves to the pirates with their hands in the air. McRae and the English sailors were in luck. The pirate captain stuck to his guns, loyal to his principles. He wouldn't kill his enemies without a reason. But he still had to convince his men. His crew was ready to attack the prisoners. John Taylor, England's former quartermaster and now captain of his own ship in the fleet, wanted to make an example of them. He planned to torture and kill them. Edward England used a novel strategy to convince Taylor to agree with him. He knew he wouldn't be able to calm him down sober, so he made the solution simple. Convince Taylor with alcohol. The captain invited Taylor to his cabin and then encouraged him to drink himself senseless. The ruse paid off. Two hours later, staggering and slurring his words... John Taylor announced he agreed with his captain. James McRae was allowed to leave alive. Although he had to give England the Cassandra, McRae got what was left of the fancy, and the pirates sailed away. By some miracle, Captain McRae managed to return to India aboard the wreck of the fancy. Once there, he wasted no time in sharing his tale with the authorities. In a letter to the king... He told of the abuses committed by the pirates, the severed limbs, decapitated bodies, and everything that remained, all lying on the deck of his ship. The news spread like wildfire. Edward England and his pirate fleet became marked men. A few weeks later, when he boarded an English ship, Edward England learned that he was being hunted. His crew were furious and blamed him for his leniency with McRae. If the captain had killed him, 
they wouldn't be the target of all the ships in the East India Company. John Taylor proposed a vote to remove the captain from his post, and unsurprisingly, Edward England was forced to relinquish command of the Cassandra. Worse still, he was marooned on a beach on the island of Mauritius with three other sailors. They were put ashore with provisions for just a few days, abandoned to their fate, and indirectly condemned to death. But Mauritius had plenty of resources. The four men hunted and fished for food. The island had also at one time been used by the Dutch, and the men used the abandoned remains of their houses to build a small boat. Against all odds, they survived and managed to set sail. Four months after being marooned on their desert island, the sailors arrived in St. Augustine's Bay, Madagascar. Edward England had lost everything. He no longer had a ship or any treasure. He had lost a limb and was unable to join a crew. The former pirate with the glorious past drowned his sorrows. Instead of scouring the seas, he scoured taverns, living off the charity of the inhabitants of the pirate haven. But destiny caught up with him. In 1721, Edward England died of a tropical disease, destitute and in complete anonymity. I'm Michelle Rodriguez, and this has been an Ubisoft podcast produced by Paradiso Media. Thanks for listening. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.